Marichi, Patri, Angira, Pulasya, Pulaha, Kratu, Brigu, Vashistha, Daksha, and the tenth son, Narada, were thus born. And this is a nice purport which brings us to a subject matter I think worth deliberating upon. The whole process of the creation, maintenance, and dissolution of the cosmic manifestation is meant to give the conditioned souls a chance to go back home, back to Godhead. Brahma created Rudra to help him in his creative endeavor, but from the very beginning, Rudra began to devour the whole creation, and thus he had to be stopped from such devastating activities. Brahma therefore created another set of good children who were mostly in favor of worldly fruitive activities. He knew very well, however, that without devotional service to the Lord, there is hardly any benefit for the conditioned souls. And therefore, he at last created his worthy son, Narada, who is the supreme spiritual master of all transcendentalists. Without devotional service to the Lord, one cannot make progress in any department of activity, although the path of devotional service is always independent of anything material. Only the transcendental loving service of the Lord can deliver the real goal of life. And thus, the service rendered by Sriman Narada Muni is the highest among all the sons of Brahma. That's the end of the purport. Om Ajnana Mirandasya Inanjana Shalakaya Chakshuva Palitam Jena Tasmai Shri Guru Vinamaha Shri Chaitanya Manovistam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupatam Kadabhayam Jalati Swapnam So, the, uh, the interesting point that I personally uh, feel inclined to mark about this particular purport is that um, it would do us very well to understand it would do us very well to understand what is the actual purpose of this whole setup creation, maintenance and annihilation of the cosmos this whole material world is Yakta and Abhyakta, for eternity. It means that it is manifest and unmanifest, for eternity. And as mentioned here by Srila Prabhupada, there's a reason for this. There's a primary reason, and then there's a secondary reason. Primary reason 
the first and foremost important reason is to actually retrieve the fallen conditioned souls. The secondary reason is to incarcerate them or to imprison them. Krishna always has our welfare in mind. Actually that's on the forefront of his mind. What he has to do to accomplish or to achieve the fulfillment of his purposes, that is a secondary consideration. But actually his purpose is his primary consideration. The purpose is to somehow or other get living entities who've developed an aversion toward him to again take up their natural constitutional position as his eternal loving servants. Actually his intention is that we become loving servants, God-loving living entities, not God-fearing living entities. So in this purport Prabhupada mentions about the transcendental loving service, loving service. This is not transcendental fearing service. He's discussing the principle of loving service. Fearing service, you may be knowing, is the nature of Vaidhi Bhakti, whereas loving service is the nature of real Bhakti, Parabhakti, or in words which sometimes may be misunderstood or tabooed in various ways, Raganuga Bhakti. We should understand that this whole material world is only one purpose for this material world. Because inherent within every living entity is the capacity for cultivating the moods of Braja. We are not simply to pander to the lowest common denominator amongst the society of devotees. We should remember that those who have come to this Krishna consciousness movement are considered to be the most intelligent among all the living entities on this planet. Those who have recognized the beauty of Krishna and have appreciated, even to the slightest degree, the goal of attaining the eternal service of Krishna in prema, unalloyed prema, that means braja prema, not any other alloyed type of prema. Just like Kubja also had prema, but her prema was alloyed with desires for self-satisfaction in relation to the Absolute. But the prema of the Brajvasis is unalloyed. So we should take into consideration that as every living entity inherently has the capacity to culture the moods of Brajva, we, especially, as members of a preaching movement, this is a preaching movement, what are we preaching? What are we supposed to be preaching? It is very clearly described in Chaitanya Charitamrita 
what is the purpose of the descent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? And I'm going to bang on this point a little bit, just to drive it home. We are supposed to be the most intelligent persons on this planet. Now admittedly, we are at different levels of progress to the ultimate goal. Some of us are naturally, because we're beginning the process of Krishna Consciousness, we're on the Kanishta platform and may be deemed as Prakrita Bhakti. But we should know that it was not Srila Prabhupada's intention that we should continue to remain on the Prakrita platform for the rest of eternity. Not that we should continue to remain on the Kanishta Adhikari platform for the rest of our lives. Prabhupada's intention is that we should come to the platform of Parabhakti, Raghunuga Bhakti, in this lifetime. Now it may be possible for some and it may not be possible for others who perhaps have not the required accumulation of Bhakti Mukhe Sukriti from previous lifetimes to have the strength of Shraddha and the right kind of Shraddha for embarking on the Ragmar. But we should understand that the purpose of this movement is non-different from the purpose of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent to this material world. Mahaprabhu's descent to this material world is twofold. His purpose is twofold. Prema, Rasa, Niryasa, Korete, Swadana. Swadana means to taste. Prema Rasa, not any kind of Prema Rasa. Braja Prema, Radha Prema. He came to taste the mellows of Braja Bhakti. And the second, and no less important, as it pertains directly to his descent to this material world, it has no meaning otherwise. Rag, Marg, Bhakti, Loki, Korite, Pracharan. Pracharan, what does Pracharan mean please? Preaching. Preaching what? Rag, Marg, Bhakti, Loki, to the people of this world. Rag, Marg, Bhakti means spontaneous devotional service following in the footsteps of the Brajvasis. Not following in the footsteps of Kubja. Not following in the footsteps of the queens of Dwarka or any other of the Yadu dynasty. And certainly not following in the footsteps of the Vaikuntabasis. In the hearts of those who have actually imbibed the essence of the teachings of this Sampradaya, the Rupanuga Sampradaya, the Gaudiya Sampradaya, they considered the attainment of Vaikuntha no better than the attainment of hell. What is the use of a Krishna without a flute? What is the use of Krishna without Radha? So our business is to understand this Siddhanta. What is the goal of our life? The goal of our life, there's Sambandha Tattva, Abhideya Tattva, and Prayojan Tattva. 
Prayojan means necessity. The prime necessity of every one of us, because inherent within every one of us, is the capacity for cultivating the mood of Braja. So the Anandamaya Bhyasat aspect of ourself for full satisfaction requires to experience and give Krishna an opportunity to also experience reciprocation on the basis of our prema, Braja prema, not any prema. So we should, even if we have not the Adhikar, I'm not talking to a bunch of eight-year-olds. I'm talking to people who have gone through Prabhupada's books. And if you've not gone through Prabhupada's books, then I suggest that you make a serious attempt to understand the power, the purity of purpose of this Gaudiya Sampradaya. We are not here just to make an international society for social development. This is not the purpose of this Sampradaya. The institution may have various facets which address various problems or various issues, but we should not lose our focus, please. Our focus is the attainment of prema, the attainment of braja prema. That is the prayojan. And the abhideya, which corresponds to the actual attainment of that prayojan, is ragmar bhakti, not vaidhi bhakti. Vaidhi bhakti is a program for neophyte devotees to help them to get a foothold. But then you have to make progress. You can't just stagnate thinking that there's no scope for anything higher in this lifetime and waste your human form of life and end up hundreds and thousands of neophyte devotees clamoring at the doorstep of death without having actually gleaned the essence of what this Sampradaya has to offer. Missed the point, either due to our own dull-headedness or due to the spiritual ineptitude of the people that we're associating with. So it is necessary to seek out good association, higher level association, by which we can actually come to grip with the reality of what we're supposed to be all about as members of the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Are there any questions? Yes, sir. This is Ram Satyendra, I think. We are forgetting the Prabhupada. It's established international society for Krishna consciousness, not for society consciousness. So my question is, how that Laulian, that intense desire to come to the heart of the Saraka, who came to this with Pratakur Mahaprabhu is coming to teach? Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra Koi, Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Siddhi Hoi. We have to seek out genuine Sadhu Sangha. By Sadhu Sangha, as Srila Prabhupada had said, faith is created in the association 
of sadhus, devotees. Devotee means sadhu. Devotee means real devotee. Those who are Vaishnava Bhats, who are semblance of Vaishnava, who are chanting Nama Bhats, or chanting the offended name, Aparadma, they can hardly be called sadhu in the real sense. Sadhu means one who is chanting Shudanam. Shudanam means that within his heart is seated the um, Supreme Personality of Godhead along with his Antaranga Shaktis. And every word that comes from his mouth is Shabda Brahma. Nothing which comes from his mouth is anything other than Shabda Brahma. Brahman means spiritual platform. Sagunan Samadhi Kaitan Brahma Bhuyaya Kalpate. How? In the association of pure devotees. We have to cultivate pure devotional association. Real cultivation of pure devotional association must be based on utsaha. Utsaha means enthusiasm. You cannot be enthusiastic about something that you're not attracted to. So in the association of pure devotees, you will get a chance to hear about the goal of life. If you don't hear about the goal of life, if you don't hear about Krishna's Brajalilas, if you don't hear about the sweetness and beauty of Krishna's dealings with his eternal associates in the land of Braja, we're not going to get into discussing pastimes in this assembly that might be frowned upon. But at least we can discuss the tattva. And then, in your spare time, if you have the courage, go full steam ahead. There's so many beautiful books of the Goswamis which have been left for our benefit. If we don't take advantage of them, then it's not that they're the loser. It's not that Krishna's the loser. We're the loser. It's just like Prabhupada gives the example, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati gives the example, of the difference between licking the outside of the jar of honey and opening the jar of honey and tasting the honey. Srila Prabhupada compares the licking of the outside of the jar of honey to what? To Vaidhi Bhakti. And he compares opening the jar of honey and tasting the actual honey to real Bhakti. Raganuga Bhakti. Ragbhakti. Ragmai Bhakti. So we have to come to the Nishta platform based on Utsaha. And utsaha or enthusiasm can only come when we see something attractive. When that attraction is there, then automatically lobha or greed for the thing manifests. Otherwise, it is a forced affair. That is by bhakti. By force, by order of guru, by shastra conjunction, with the guillotine of impending reactions to offenses over our neck to keep us 
in line to force us to adhere to the regular principles of devotional service. But real steadiness, real ruchi, real asakti, real bhav can come when we have the lobha. And we cannot get the lobha because that is the actual fundamental basis of one's adhikar for pursuing the path of rag bhajan. At least we should understand this is our goal. And know that even if we're on the platform of executing the orders of Guru and Shastra conjunctions under the Vaidhi process, that's not the all in all. We have to go forward. Sooner or later, the sooner the better. The better for you, the better for me. So we have to go forward on the basis of attraction. Rag means attraction. That is the meaning of Rag. Everyone has Rag. There isn't anyone in this world, even from the smallest microbe to Lord Brahma, everyone has Rag. But it's a question of the quality of the Rag. What kind of Rag? Attraction is there, everyone has attraction, but someone is attracted to the mundane and someone is attracted to transcendence. So in order to rectify our tendency to be attracted toward mundane affairs of basically eating, sleeping, mating and defending in this material world, there's necessity to enforce the Krishna sense objects to force us to take shelter of Krishna's sense objects. So therefore, come to Mangalarti, attend the Bhagavatam class, chant 16 rounds, etc., etc. Must do. If you don't, you're Guru Abhagi. You disobey the order of the spiritual master and to hell with you. What do we care? If you don't want to follow, if you don't want to get Prema. But we should understand that the system of Vaidhi Bhakti, which has been given to us by Srila Prabhupada and by the Acharyas down from Rupa Goswami, that system of Vaidhi Bhakti is not ordinary Vaidhi Bhakti. It is Vaidhi Bhakti which is directed toward the elements of Braja. This Srimad Bhagavatam is a Rasa Shastra. It is meant to help us to appreciate the sweetness and beauty and superlative nature of the elements of Braja, the elements of Braja Bhakti. The tenth canto is considered to be the smiling face of Krishna, please. It's not the smiling face of Narayan, it's the smiling face of Krishna. And nestled in the tenth canto, Rasa Panchadhyaya, the five chapters dealing with Krishna's Rasa Lila, the most powerful medicine to help the living entity overcome this rhythmic, the disease in the heart called lust, by hearing the attractive leelas of Krishna with the gopis. Then by hearing these attractive pastimes of Krishna in the land of Braja, especially by hearing it while residing within this land of Braja, this Braja Bhumi has great power to kindle the dormant prema within the heart. Don't think that these things are impossible. Impossible is a word in a fool's dictionary. 
It is certainly possible, but we have to avail ourselves. And when we take the risk of availing ourselves to the sweetness of the Braj Leelas, by reading, as Srila Prabhupada says in Krishna book, simply by reading Krishna book, but Srila Prabhupada, he, he suggests to us that at least if we're even beginning to experience a little glimmer of Vipalamba within our heart, if we're beginning to experience what our Acharyas have done everything within their power to help us come to the point of experiencing this Vipralamba Bhav. If we're beginning to experience Vipralamba, a little separation, then when or oh, when will that day be mine? Now I'm immersed in the quagmire of my various Anarthas. Anartha Navriti will go on all the way up to the point of Vastu City, please. It's not like we have to do a Nartha Navriti to the nth degree before we can even entertain the idea of availing ourselves to the very literatures that Srila Prabhupada has told is essential for cultivating Brajavas. We're living in Vrindavan, please. And living in Vrindavan means, according to Srila Prabhupada and Chaitanya Charjavrita, to take shelter of the six Goswamis. How? By reading the literatures left by the six Goswamis, like... Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Vidagna Madhava, Lalita Madhava, Briyat Bhagavatamrita, and Prabhupada says, he ends the sentence by saying, and so many others. Who wants to go back home, back to Godhead? in this lifetime. Do you want to go back home, back to Godhead? And back home, back to Godhead doesn't mean to any damn place back home, back to Godhead. Back home, back to Godhead means back home to Prata. Where Krishna and Radharani are engaged in intimate, loving pastimes with their devotees. Who gives a damn for Vaikuntha? If you want that, you can have it. But that's not the goal of the Gaudiya Sampradaya's preaching. One more question, please. This is important question about Namathatwa. You are talking the Harinam Namathatwa. It's very deep subject. So my question is that, you know that wonderful mantra, Tamachintamani Krishna Chaitanya Rasa Tivra Bhutna Sukhmani Kamurta Svinata Ramanamena. No so Vakrina Thakur Mahalina Chintamani Svinata But is the real goal, the real benefit to Chanara Krishna? So my question is, that in the morning time, we are chanting or normal, Another question to Srila Siyamara, but I want to help from you. That it is alright that we should chant clearly and have either each four of them are But it is okay that if we sing in the morning, that Dharanani Siyam, between seven and sixteen, but different seven asses, 
but this man is acceptable. So it is okay if we are chanting that time, but thinking the discretion of your pastime. Nam, Rup, Guna, and Lila. Srila Prabhupada has what to speak of others, but our Srila Prabhupada, sometimes we take him cheaply and think that he's giving some elementary course. But he himself has told that the time should come when simply by chanting the holy name of Krishna, automatically one will think of Krishna's beautiful bodily features, how sweet is his beautiful face with beautiful lotus eyes and sweet honeymoon beams smiling, kissy mouth. For the material, because not everyone will have that inclination. But there are those, also I said that mostly those coming in our Rupanupa Sampradaya will be inclined toward the Madhurya of us. Others may be inclined toward the Sakyavala or the Vasayavala even. But uh, if we cannot think if by our chanting we cannot immediately see within our heart of hearts the beautiful form of Shamsandra, a if we don't see within our heart, because the Premanjana is not sufficient, then Bhaktivinathakur gives a simple solution. The solution is that you chant your japa in front of the deity or in front of a picture and drink in the beauty of his face or the beauty of their faces while you're chanting japa. And my advice as far as Utsav is concerned, enthusiasm when there's something attractive, something which grabs your heart and makes you want to love him. You see the most beautiful picture, the one you like the most. You look anywhere and everywhere and you find that picture of Krishna or Radha Krishna or Krishna Balaram as you like. You see that picture and by seeing the picture that grabs your heart, then naturally your heart will go to Him. And when your heart goes to Him, then you will begin to naturally think about His qualities while you're chanting Hare Krishna. Nam, Rup, Guna, and then Lila. There's two levels of Lila Smarana. Ultimately, you know, Smartavya Satatam Krishna. The whole idea is to always remember Krishna. Chanting Nam 
is like a key which opens the door of remembrance of Krishna's Rupa, Guna, and Lila. But as far as Lila Smarna is concerned, Lila Smarna begins from hearing and chanting about the Lilas which have been revealed to us by our Goswami Acharyas. If you will hear, as Prabhupada recommended, I began to make this point in Krishna book. He recommended that for those who are feeling separation from Krishna, separation is of four kinds. Separation doesn't just mean that Krishna has gone to Mathura and now we're experiencing pravas. Practically speaking, the sadhaka cannot experience that. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati recommends that for the sadhaka, not that we experience prema by chitya, not that we experience man, but that we experience, and it's easy for us to experience, Purvarag. Purvarag means the desperation to meet Krishna. At long last, when somehow or other by the mercy of Guru and Krishna, we get over all the hurdles, and Krishna sees and takes pity upon our struggling self and elevates us, pulls us up to His position. Special causeless mercy. When He sees that there's sufficient crying for it. If we're not crying for Krishna's mercy, then we haven't understood what is our ultimate sadhana. So we should be cultivating this purvarag. By cultivating purvarag, these feelings of separation, then if we will take Srila Prabhupada's suggestion and read Sri Krishna Bhavanamrita, Mahakavya and other such literatures and actually see how nice is this Krishna that we're worshipping. We're worshipping, 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 but do we know who we're worshipping? Have we understood? To what extent have we understood? So we have to avail ourselves, we have to hear the pastimes of Krishna. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in two processes, both directly and indirectly, with reference to Srimad Bhagavatam, wherein it is stated that one should, in all circumstances, in all time, in all place, one should search out the absolute truth. A serious student, are you serious or not? What the hell are we doing? Are we serious? Then he says, a serious student should search out the absolute truth both directly and indirectly. And according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he says that directly means the positive process by which Raja Prema can be evolved within the heart. And then there's the process of negation, is indirect, means anarthanavritti. So both directly by Krishnano Shilanam, by doing those activities which are pleasing to Krishna, directly hearing about Krishna's pastimes, and then indirectly, Anyavilasita Sunyam, etc. Anarthanivriti. How? By hearing the Naimitika Lilas. So as long as Artha Prabriti has not 
solidly manifest in our life, then Bhaktivinoda Thakur recommends that we should hear both. Not that we should only hear about Krishna's Naimitika Leelas, his pastimes of killing the demons, etc. But we should also hear about his Nityalipas, side by side. Then, as Artha-pravritti becomes prominent, Anartha-pravritti becomes less important. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati makes the point that we should not make the mistake of thinking that Anartha-pravritti is our prayojana. One who thinks like this, Bhaktisiddhanta says, his every endeavor may very easily end in Nirvasheshvan because we don't actually develop the positive appreciation of the goal. So, by reading these books, such as Sri Krishna Bhavanamrita, Mahakavya, and others, such beautiful books of the Goswamis, and they've been translated into English for those who require, and you may find it in Hindi as well, somewhere. But if you read these books, hear about the pastimes of Krishna, and if we, in our little subgroups of inspired devotional association, if we will chant about these beautiful pastimes of Radha and Krishna, then as a result, it will be very easy for us to remember. Remembrance smaranam, lila smaranam comes from lila shravanam kirtanam. Then on a higher level, from a very purified platform, we may also, within our own heart, begin to see something of the pastimes of Radha and Krishna by their grace. But every journey starts with this first step, please. So we can go on with our Snikshnik Ram Rams and do the regimented Vaidhi Bhakti program. That is required. Without doing that, you can't expect to go to the Parabhakti platform. But it doesn't end there. It's not that our regimentation going through the systematic process, Shastric process is the all in all. We have to go forward to the Madhyam Adhikari. From the Madhyam Adhikari platform, one can actually begin to earnestly pursue the path of Rag Bhajan by following in the footsteps of the Brajnasas. And then the Anartha goes on as a side effect of our one-pointed ekantika determination. Devasayatmika buddhi. Bhogaishvarya prasaktana. Boga means this material world. Aishvarya means all the way up to Vaikuntha Bhakti, Aishwarya Mai Bhakti, Aishwarya Gyan Mai Bhakti, which produces this Aishwarya Gyan Mahima Prema. We want Gyan Shunya Prema, not Gyan Shunya. We want Unloy Prema, Raja Prema. So anyway, it's getting late and I have this... Uh, are there any more points of discussion anyone would like to take up? Is that okay? Yes? You would like to? So for the neophytes, you said you have to breathe, right? Gradually it will come. So, originally how would they develop? 
There's only greed. There's no ruti. How do you? Nothing happens without doing bhajan, please. Bhajan, there are nine processes of bhajan in the Vaidhi platform. Vaidhi platform means under rules and regulations, but there's a difference between the ruchi which is produced, or the asakti, or the bhav, or the frame which is produced by exclusively pursuing the path of Vaidhi bhajan. And the ruchi, asakti, bhav, and frame, which is produced by pursuing the path of Ram. Our acharyas, they advocate the superlative nature of Rag Bhajan, not so much because it's on a high, high platform. What's high, high about it is the power of attraction, which is generated in the association with the elements of Braja. So, Bhajan means beginning with hearing. As we were making the point, hearing about the object of attraction, chanting about the object of attraction. If you're not attracted, then, you know, go on with your snick snick ram rams. And eventually, if you stick it out somehow or other by um, someone's uh, merciful browbeating, then maybe sometime in the course of your going through Srila Prabhupada's books, you'll begin to understand what it is that you have in your hand. So, Ruchi comes more rapidly when there's Lopa. So, by associating with the, seriously associating, means with an open mind, there's two important things which are required. Of course, everything's depending on one's adhikar. But if you have a powerful spiritual master, or a powerful acharya as Srila Prabhupada. But if the disciple is not receptive, then you cannot expect to be impregnated with Bhakti Shakti. Furthermore, as far as the Narthan Rivriti is concerned, if you're trying to ignite a fire, it is not that you can expect to ignite the fire by pouring water on the wood. So as mentioned here, Lord Shiva was advised to do penance Penance basically, in this sense, means don't do nonsense. You know, we're trying to create something wonderful here. And here we are, infatuated by our various little petty material attachments. And we continue to douse the fire with the water of sense-gratifitory attachments. But let's be real. If you want prema bhakti, then you have to focus on that bhajan which is actually ordained by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As we were making the point, Mahaprabhu came to relish the sweetness of Braja Prema. And he came to broadcast Ragmark Bhakti to the people of this world. He came for these two reasons. So we should not think that there's any difference between his intention to broadcast Ragmark Bhakti to this world and his propagation of non-Sankirtan through the Sankirtan movement. There's no difference between non-Sankirtan and Raganuga Bhakti if you have the lobha for the attainment of the Brajavilas. The Tarak Brahma Kirtan Mantra for this age of Kali which was primarily propagated 
by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And by chanting, what is the result according to Dhyan Chandra in his Gorgovinda Archan Smaran Parati? He says, what is the fruit of chanting this Hare Krishna Maha Mantra? It is the attainment of the realm of Braja. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says that you cannot attain the realm of Braja by only doing Vaidhi Bhakti. If you exclusively adhere to the process of Vaidhi Bhakti, you will never attain the realm of Braja. You will attain Vaikuntha. But if you're anxious to attain the Leelas of Radha and Krishna, and if you understand that the fruit of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra is the attainment of the realm of Braja, then it only stands the reason that you cannot attain the realm of Braja without doing Raghunuga Bhakti. So this chanting of Hare Krishna Maha Mantra must also be Raghunuga Bhakti because the fruit is to attain the realm of Braja. If it's done with greed. If you're on the Vaidhi platform, then you may not attain the realm of Braja because you're really not understanding the essence of what the Maha Mantra is all about. Radha Krishna. Hare Krishna.